What's up everyone? Jim and Terry here with Keeping It Real. This week we're talking about Marvel and DC both dominating Comic-Con, uh, as well as a bunch of other stuff from Divergent to a new Rocketeer. So a lot to talk about. It's been a crazy news week. It's been a crazy news week. It's been a crazy week period. We both just got back from Comic-Con a few days ago. Can we just give ourselves a little round of applause for surviving Comic-Con? My voice go. barely did, but yep. it was it was awesome for anyone yeah. who checked it out. I think well, it was my first live stream, which means it was my best IGN live stream there we go. for Comic-Con. But, but we had a, we had an awesome lineup. This was my 12th Comic-Con. How many for you so far? This was my ninth. Wow. I know. Yeah. I know. Wow. I started when I was a wee one. I know. Just, just a freshman little, year of college. You were like a baby genius. I was. Baby <laughs> genius of Comic-Con. But yeah, big, big news, Comic-Con. You actually got to be in Hall H a lot more than I did and see yeah. a lot more. I just got to sit in press rooms and be sad. Hall, Hall H is, uh, that's an endurance test. You wouldn't think <laughs> it, but uh, basically 10 hours in this massive auditorium, but you're all crammed in together. And I was sitting next to the producer of the DC movies, Charles Roven, just by accident in this like reserved seating section. And in securities coming up to you, if you're press, you're trying to write up things while you're there. There's no internet. It's a pain in the ass. And the lights come down, and security comes up to you. Turn that off. Turn off your camera. Turn off your laptop. Everything. So you can't get anything done. But I'm sitting next to the producer of the DC movies, and his wife is like on her phone. And a security comes up and yells at her. And we all just start laughing like, dude, you have no idea who you just said this to. Like, if she wanted to leak something from these films, it would be films, a lot better quality be, yeah. than what you're getting from there. So we all had a good chuckle at that. Uh, so let's start off by talking about DC films. Now, Saturday at, at, in Hall H, started with uh, Warner Brothers in DC. Ended the day with Marvel Studios. And basically, DC and Marvel competing for fans hearts minds and the news cycle uh, so let's here's the big why don't you, uh, these are the slip not quite the slippery cards in the last one but um, why don't you tell folks a little bit about the difference between how Warner Brothers handled their footage and how Marvel handle it in terms of who got to see what well <laughs> I got to see more Warner Brothers as someone who was not in Hall H. And it's mm -hmm. interesting because Warner Brothers, as we know from, I guess, was it last Comic-Con or two Comic-Cons ago when they were a bit, it was last year when they were a bit salty about the leaked yeah. Suicide Squad footage. Yeah, and they, like, we were, were comparing at the a time. salty. Yeah, they, the, <laughs> the way that they were, that Marvel responded to, like, the Avengers Age of Ultron trailer leaking where they just said, damn it, Hydra, in a tweet. Yeah. And Warner Brothers and had. secretly sent the lawyers out after. Right, and then, but, yeah, you know, but, but they're public. they handled it. Yeah. Right, and then uh, Warner Brothers was very upset about the leaked footage. So this year they didn't really worry about it at all because they just released it later. Yeah. Yeah. in the day. So it was a smart, smart move. I think part. it was a smart move. The Wonder Woman trailer, which like I can't stop watching. It's, it's great, so right? good. It's so good. It was my favorite trailer and footage out of Comic-Con that I had a chance to see. Um, the Justice League first look and then Kong Skull Island yeah. and King Arthur and Lego Batman, like all their trailers. So everything yeah. you saw we had a chance to see the big difference is you got to hear everyone talking about it and right. see, you know, the Suicide Squad cast assembled before the right. movie's release. Marvel, on the other hand, sort of did what Comic-Con, studios at Comic-Con have been trying to do for years, which is really have more of an experience for the fans, for the people who can't, like, the line for Saturday, people basically didn't do anything Friday at Comic-Con because they were waiting in line for the line yeah, for Saturday. It's, it's it sucks up your entire Comic-Con waiting, and people will camp out and do that just to make sure that they get in for the thing that is 
the last event on Saturday, which is Marvel. So they really do want to make it be something that's unique for fans. So Marvel released the Doctor Strange trailer. I think that was the only trailer. They also showed footage and a teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, it's the first footage from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And then they did release Brie Larson being announced. Oh, there was yeah. a Doctor Strange uh, clip that they also showed, right? Which I saw. Did they show anything from Black Panther? Or did no, they just announce they just the had cast? That. They okay. announced the cast. They had uh, folks come out on stage. Now, they do, uh, the next day, they do release the Hall H presentation, not the actual footage shown. But, uh, so we've run some of that on the site. And then, um, uh, you also interviewed a slew of the actors. Um, let's talk about what the actors had to say afterwards, So, uh, and we'll run through real quick um, the footage that was not released. To well, the I want to, you know, as someone who was outside looking in and watching the footage that was released, I obviously couldn't get Did that much. Did you have your nose pushed against the glass? I, if it, the glass was my phone. I literally, I was waiting for the Marvel press line to begin, like, sitting, sitting slumped over with one of oh our producers, Tom, like, <laughs> refreshing Twitter, being like, I'm so sad, I can't be in there right now. Um, but, so I could only be on the outside looking in, get buzz for the stuff I did have a chance to see. You were in Hall H for both of these presentations. Did one seem to have more of an overwhelming reaction to the other? Like, what sort of landed best, in your opinion, in that room? Which is like 7,000 fans. I mean, it's tough because, six, you know, five hours later in Hall H might as well have been two days. Uh, it's I, I, I know it sounds like, oh, come on, you're just sitting in a room. It actually is kind of cool. It's an ordeal. No, it's yeah. an ordeal. I mean, um, you try sharing the bathroom with 7,000 people and see if you like it. Uh, I think... Frankly, I feel like it was kind of a draw. Interesting. I thought they both, I, I thought DC had to put up uh, or shut up this year. They had to show their footage. Marvel has the luxury of not having to show it. And actually, was something that was noted that I didn't exactly realize at the time, but their entire lineup was all their new heroes. Yeah. There weren't, I mean, Black Panther no, is a familiar face. There was no Robert face, Downey, and, there was no Chris right, Evans. Right, but you had, you had your Doctor Strange lineup, you had your Black Panther lineup, your Spider-Man lineup, your Guardians lineup, which I guess are returning heroes, but not well, Avengers yet. They brought out some of the, the, the new members of the team. And which, then Brie Larson as you know, Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were definitely looking ahead. For, for Warner Brothers and DC Films, it was definitely damage control time because they know the mixed and negative reaction that it's uh, that BVS was met with, um, and I have to say that Wonder Woman trailer delivered. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. Damn if you haven't good. seen it yet, go watch it. It's so good. It's I mean, everything I, can't I wait want to that, see movie that movie to be. Yeah. I was very lukewarm because period war films are not exactly like my bread and butter yeah. sort of of. Film. I know, obviously, it's a massive genre and a lot of people like it. It's just never been something. I'm not a big history buff. Um, but that, tra- I know. God, I'm one of my. I know. Well, well, but for me, like, that trailer was just what I wanted to see from a character who was my favorite character in BBS. Hmm. And, like, again, when you get her theme playing at the end of the trailer, I just got chills. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> such a Zack Snyder song. But it was, it just that trailer across the board and also. Sort of showing her as as a, a female hero who doesn't need a guy. Like we know, Wonder Woman is an amazing superhero on her own. And my my favorite part was there's this line in the trailer where Steve Trevor, who's played by Chris Pine, goes, "I don't think I can let you do that." In my head, I was like, "Oh God! Like what is what does he have to say? Like she's yeah. Wonder Woman." And then she goes, "You don't tell me what I can do." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Oh." And it pays oh, off yes. too at the end too with the, at a candy exchange. It does. That yeah. Was really like fun. and Patty Jenkins like. 
Obviously, there's been so much back and forth about the lack of female directors in Hollywood and, and women not getting their chance necessarily. Um, you know, they're like, oh, if you have one movie and it's a flop, then right. you don't get another chance. And can they do, do action sequences and everything? The action in this trailer looks That's amazing. Yeah, and like the, the slow-mo fight scenes, too, the yeah. battlefield footage and, and the, the aerial like planes and everything and, and the lasso of truth. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting really excited about it. I, I haven't know, had a chance a, to talk so about cool, it with though. you like, yet. And she has like a different shield and stuff. Like, oh, I, I oh, did a the rewind sword in the back, oh. and yeah. like in the back of her dress. Uh, like, I'm, I can't wait to see what Patty Jenkins I, says And I, with I think this. it was also, um, you know, it, it, it does speak to uh, sort of, you know, look, there, there is, you could say, oh, it's kind of a Marvel playbook thing. They're doing period war film like Captain America, First Avenger, and then sort of like Thor as well with, you know, this other world. See, I but I'm like, see look, any there are just, there, but there it, are just, really. These are elements from the comics, and I thought it was really smart to do it as a period film. It shows that she's um, basically immortal. Yeah. Um, I love the the bit of like uh, uh, I was a creation of Zeus, and he's like, "Well, that's neat." Yeah. <laughs> like and there's just that deadpan. It's kind funny of that you you bring up Captain America and Thor because I mean everyone. It's easy to compare Marvel and DC, but I didn't pick up any of the yeah. notes in that trailer. And I actually think it's incredibly smart to do this now because you you walk out of BVS and you're like, I want to know more about this character. Mm -hmm. Well, now you get to know yeah. who she is, where she came from. It makes a lot more sense to do a movie set before that film instead of afterwards because yeah. I want to know how she got to the place that and she the was. And the Amazonian sequence of them just oh, charging the beach. Uh, yeah. um, Robin Wright's character, uh, it's just, yeah, it looks so badass. I just, uh, I thought it was actually, it hit all the right notes. It, it looked fun. It looked like it had something to say. It looked like Wonder Woman. It didn't look like yeah. Wonder Woman in name only. Um, so I think they, they won with that trailer alone. I was surprised that they did show and release, essentially, a Justice League trailer. Um, you know, I, I thought just being on set that they would just show that flash scene. And a lot of that scene is in the trailer. It's mm -hmm. the Barry Allen meeting Bruce Wayne stuff. I was surprised at, at how much finished stuff was in there, including effects with Flash and Cyborg. I mean, Cyborg is a motion capture character, uh, performance, I should say. It looks good. Yeah, and, and look, they've only started filming since April, so they've been working around the clock then to get that stuff They've clearly been planning on like we have to show up and we got to deliver. Yeah, and I think it's the same reason that they invited people to set so mm -hmm. early. They know like this is their chance to sell fans yeah. on on Justice League, and they can't just sell the Hall H audience. They need yeah. to sell everyone. I will say I love the Wonder Woman trailer. The Justice League trailer, like I liked it more the second time mm. I saw it. Um, I like. Ben Affleck doing his like gravelly Bruce Wayne voice when he's like not even in the suit or anything. I was like, what are you just maybe like? Maybe he's just talking like that because maybe he's, maybe he has like the same con old. con voice thing yeah. that I have right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I you know it it still looks like it could be a hot mess of a movie, but it does look fun and it looks yeah. like they are having fun with it. Like the what do you think of Ezra Miller's Flash? I, I watched that trailer after I'd seen it already with when I when I came home the Sunday of Comic Con with a bunch of friends and they all went the second that scene started they said oh so he's the Spider Man of Justice League yeah. which is exactly what you said too but I yeah. don't think you want that to be your your response I think it'll be fun I'm a big fan of the Flash TV show and so I'm yeah. again like you don't have to choose but I do like Grant Gustin's take on the Flash and Ezra Miller's sort of like frenetic like all over the yeah. place one I think will be fun in the movie um, Do you think the deck is <laughs> stacked against 
this movie, period. I mean, the fact that people are just, that a friend would automatically dismiss it, no matter the no, quality it wasn't, of the scene. No, it wasn't was, dismissive. It was just like, oh, that's what they're doing with the character. They're having yeah. him hit that, those notes. But, but the thing is, you look at the animated films, and Flash and Green Lantern have been that role, so it's not like this is unprecedented, you know? I, I mean, think it's somebody just in has to be memory. the comic relief. You know? Right. I think it'll be fun. Um, I do think there is um, a sort of unbalanced quality of that teaser, which is, is funny because we're so used to trailers following the same formula, you know? It starts off quiet and then it builds up and then there's a quick montage with a bunch of stuff and then it ends with the the, the uh, title card and then there's a quick joke at the end. And yeah. this was very much not that, but obviously they were still fairly early in production and right, so yeah. it's not like your traditional Hollywood teaser. And there's no Superman in there, but right. we know he's in the movie. They released that team image. I think you, you Superman being sold... a little bit of a smile on that image, <laughs> so, yeah. You being sold on, on Justin League, or at least not a, very down on it, has yeah. been more optimistic for it. But I definitely came out of that DC panel a lot more excited about Wonder Woman than I right. am about Justice League. Yeah, I think Justice League right now, it was just, for me, it was just seeing them in action, seeing the footage. Uh, I like the the Aquaman exchange with Bruce Wayne. It was like, I hear Arthur Curry, I hear you talk to fish. Yeah. Um, They're having you know. fun with it. Yeah. I mean, I think it, at this point, they just needed to show that it wasn't, it's that it had a hope. Movie. <laughs> that, yeah, that it exists, that it has a movie, what the tone will be. Um, and I think they did that. Uh, what, what did you think of Aquaman from that? I actually didn't really have much of an impression on him across yeah. the board. Like, we didn't see him Not do too much. Not with the sea green eyes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jason Momoa is Jason Momoa. I'm ready to see him do a little bit more than look imposing. And yeah. I think that's most of what I got from yeah. this trailer. Uh, what about, uh, what would you think of um, I liked, Cyborg? Yeah, I liked Cyborg. And I liked that line that he had to Bruce Wayne where he was like, I didn't think you were real. And it's like, you're a Cyborg. Um, <laughs> exactly. uh, Who are you to judge, Cyborg? I know, exactly. Uh, Cyborg is a character I actually don't know too much about in DC. So yeah. I'm excited to learn more about him like through these films. He's like a human Prius. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. He's, he's a hybrid. That's funny. Um, yeah, so, so I am excited about it. And I will say I'm more excited about those. You actually, we're going focus on DC and Marvel but obviously uh, the Warner Brothers panel had more than just DC yeah. and I will say I liked this better than what I saw of King Arthur or Kong Skull Island. We will get to that. You will notice that it is the fourth card. Yes. So we, will, we definitely DC. have stuff to talk about there. The Marvel. Uh, but wait, there's oh, more. more DC because <laughs> there's also Suicide Squad was there. I mean, I think at this point people just want to see the movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually seeing it after this but I can't say anything beyond that. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's, they brought out everybody, including Jared Leto. And, you know, nobody was really talking about the movie afterwards because I think at this point, it's like, okay, we've seen these trailers. We, they release clips. Just show us the movie now. Right. You know? And that's all you can do. And yeah, then, we had that conversation beforehand, too. If they bring out Justice League, that's going to dominate the conversation. But, yeah. you know, you're weeks away from... And then Lego Batman looks yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, Batman the Killing Joke uh, technically, it, you know, that and Lego Batman are not the DC films per se, but they are Warner Brothers films. Now, Batman the Killing Joke um, is, we haven't seen it yet, but we know of the changes, and we can talk about it now because it has been released on digital HD, available now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, they make a big change in that they have Batgirl and Batman being a relationship between yeah. the Joker does this horrible stuff to her. It just sounds like a bad decision. Yeah, I, the Killing Joke comic was so 
sort of seminal when it came out and, yeah. and was really important that I feel like by making these changes, they wanted to have it be controversial yeah. in a way similar to how it was, but I think these changes aren't the right changes to yeah. make to have it still feel relevant. And I mean, it's definitely been met with a very um, you know, volatile backlash, and yeah. right even at the panel, apparently, Brian Azzarello, uh, you know, called a, a fan who complained about it a name. It's like, come on, man, don't be tone deaf to this. People, yeah. these are legit concerns people have. So let's let's go on to we Marvel now. Yet, yeah, we so haven't we seen cannot, it yet. Cannot, but I have to yeah. say, just knowing of these changes, it makes me less interested in seeing it. But yeah. Yeah. So Marvel. Marvel. Marvel Studios. So Doctor Strange was the, uh, I believe, the first one up, and they did this kind of cool laser projection thing. Oh yeah, it was three sixty, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Again, I was sitting in right. in a, an empty room and in, in <laughs> sad in the Bayfront, uh, looking at my phone. Were you like Brie Larson in Room? You make it sound like no. Uh, it was it was a bigger room than that. I did. I watched that trailer though. I watched that trailer when they dropped it. What it looks so good. Yeah. Wonder Woman's still my favorite trailer, but I loved, I loved um, the quantum realm mm. and like. It's easy to compare this film's visual look to Wait, Inception. Is it the Quantum Realm? or the, Wait, I know it's astral is it, plane as, in oh. the comics, but isn't it? I mean, they've already mentioned it's going right. to be about other dimensions. So Dimension. But so it's something don't different. Call it out. I mean, yeah, you know. sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so like it's easy to compare it visually to, to Inception. Um, like you have these scenes where the city is folding in on itself. But like... Superhero battle across that. It looks, it looks awesome. Um, yeah, it, it just, it all looks really cool. The one thing is, I feel like we've heard multiple times that this isn't an origin film, and it certainly No, makes, it's an origin Yeah, film, it's very yeah. much an origin film, so I'm I'm curious what they're going to do to move it past that and maybe not linger too long on establishing I think, that. I, I mean, that's his whole arc, so I, I have a feeling it is, the origin is the full story. Yeah. Um, what do you think they, of that clip? You saw? All right, they showed us about five minutes of the movie. Uh, Scott and I, Scott Kaler and I, have done a conversation on it. And I have to say, I, I'm I'm reluctant to be too critical of it because I don't want to fall into the same trap that happened a couple of years ago. They showed us, you know, like ten minutes of Guardians at a press oh, event. You were so wrong. I loved Guardians and, after that press event. <laughs> but the thing was, it was edited footage. Mm -hmm. And because the pacing had been changed, to me, the jokes didn't land as well. Then you see the final movie, and you're like, oh, well, because they cut this moment and that moment, and it was kind of a, a, a patchwork thing. So I think that's what happened here. Um, but it was the sequence of Doctor Strange meeting the Ancient One for the first time, and him kind of assuming that the Ancient One is this you know, older man, and it turns out it's the woman serving him tea is the Ancient One. And, uh, you know, look, Tilda stole that scene. Um, I don't know if I liked it as much as I wanted to. It felt a little, um, there was something about Cumberbatch. It was the American accent, didn't work for me again. Um, and it was a lot of like acting, like mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Like, And I know you have to do it, it's an obligatory scene. It was the sequence of him realizing that you know, there are other things out there besides what you can see with your own eyes or what you can see with your own eyes can be bent, you know? Um, so I was a little lukewarm on it. Uh, I, I thought the Ditko-esque, like, um, uh, stuff of him going into the dimensions and through space-time and everything was cool. I, I think it was, and I, I liked some of the, the exchanges he had with Wong, and he was like, Wong, do you have a first name or are you just like Adele or something, you know? 
the but, Shambhala joke in the yeah. trailer too. He was like, "It's our Wi-Fi password." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like th those nods are funny. Yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from, but you're right. It is interesting because unless it's something that happens at the beginning of the movie and then you get thrown back into sort of what happened in with the car accident and everything, yeah. it could be something where you have. 30 minutes of the movie beforehand to sort of enter into his world before you get to that point. So yeah. that is, that's sort of a bummer that, that it didn't quite land for you. Yeah, because this is the movie I've been, the Marvel Phase 3 film I have been most stoked for. I've been wanting this for years. Hell, I get Benedict Cumberbatch. I he put Doctor you up. And he brought me up in a Marvel interview. He didn't know my name, of course, but he's like, yeah, so I was dude. at this Star Trek event a few years ago and this guy came up to me and, and that's me. That's that <laughs> There's witnesses. Everyone can vouch for it. Uh, I have a photo um, of like telling him you'd be perfect for Doctor Strange. So imagine me watching this being like, oh, you know, like, yeah. why is this not landing for me? What did you think of the trailer? Oh, the trailer was fine. Uh, I, th I think I'm getting to the point with that one where, like Suicide Squad, I just want to see it at this yeah. point. A um, longer to wait. But yeah, I, it, there was actually a little bit of news that kind of surprised us. One more bit of casting on Doctor Strange revealed by the new poster. It's a cool new poster, by the way. Uh, Benjamin Bratt is in the movie, and he apparently has... Of Miss fame. <laughs> you might also know him from Law & Order. Uh, and then, uh, what's the show? Is he on... Uh, uh, oh, he's in The Infiltrator. That just came out. And uh, Despicable Me Too, I believe yes. he was the villain yeah. in that one. Um, but uh, he is a, a secret character. I reached out to my, my sources. They would not say who he was. Um, who do you think he is? Do you think he's the voice of Dormammu, the evil entity? Oh, that could be a good one. Or I have not, he... I have not speculated too much on this one. <laughs> speculation. Um, I brought back. it back. I brought it back. I hate it, but Bring I brought back it back. The speculation. Uh, yeah, I, I have no thoughts. I'm sort of a blank slate on I that. I mean, one. he I'm kind of blank. like it's the thing. Uh, I feel he like he kind of looks like Doctor Strange too. He's got the goatee. Maybe, you know, maybe it's his father or something. Um, yeah. I, I have no thoughts. I mean, he's got to be some. He's got to be somebody of note because otherwise it'd just be like, oh, he's but like he Doctor Strange's boss at the yeah hospital. Yeah, he doesn't. Have, I mean, at a certain he was point, the voice of Superman in, in the uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters. Yeah, one, so. yeah. At a certain point, everyone wants to be in these right. films now. I mean, they've so. got everyone. And you know, by the Alfred end of the stage, they had everyone on stage. Yeah. For that cast photo, and then they announced Brie Larson and Captain Marvel, which was awesome. We kind of expected that would happen. So, oh, what would you think of uh, Brie Larson? Well, I mean, we all expected it anyway. Yeah. So well, I were you was happy stoked. with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think she's going to be great. But yeah, we are. We're lingering on on superheroes for a long time. But the two things I didn't have a chance to see were uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two footage and uh, and Spider Man. So do you want to run through quickly yes. your impressions? Okay. So here's my impression. No. So <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, biggest thing, just finding out that Kurt Russell is indeed playing Peter Quill, Star-Lord's dad, and that he's Ego, as an Ego the Living, the living planet. planet. Hilarious. It's a planet with a beard. And <laughs> Kurt Russell has a beard in the, in the movie. Uh, and he's an energy being, so he can take various forms. Um, and so the uh, kind of sizzle reel they showed from that was, was awesome. Um, and it, it showed, you know, you see uh, Mantis in action for the first time, and then... Uh, but the the real I mean, the 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 part that I liked the most was the scene they showed with Baby Groot. Baby Groot is like seriously adorable level off the charts, even more than when he was just a little plant. Now he's like toddler Groot, mm -hmm. so he's as cute as imagine Gizmo in Gremlins One, that level of adorable as a baby. Yes, so he's like little toddler size um, 
uh, Groot. And he, and he was, wears like a little jumpsuit at one point. And they're they're in like there's a scene of them in a prison. It's it's him, Rocket, him, and, Yondu. And, and Yondu. Does Yondu have the fin in that? Yondu. Scene? Here's the whole point of that scene is, you know, they're Yondu and Rocket are in a cage, and it starts with little little baby Groots in like a bird cage, and like one of the ravagers is like, can we kill it? And he's like, he's too adorable to kill. And uh, so then he ends up getting picked on by like all these guys. Like it was like a prison yard scene. So he's all scared in his big eyes and everything. He's so cute. And then uh, Yondu and Rocket are in this cage and they want, they're like, hey, come here, Groot, come here. And Groot doesn't quite understand words yet, but they're like, we need this red thing that's in over there. Can you go get it? And he's like, and he runs off and he's trying he brings back literally everything but that. He drags <laughs> over a desk at one point. So imagine a little baby Groot dragging all this stuff, and he's like, "I got it." No. <laughs> so he finally gets it, and it the and it's like it's like a prototype weapon. It turns out it's Yondu's famous like fin that he had in the comics. So he plugs it into his head, and that ex, uh, ex, accentuates or or. or um, Augments his his power, his like whistling the oh, arrow power, nice. and they proceed to like take out like seriously two hundred dudes. But the the it ends with little baby Groot on the gangplank as they're walking down like you know Reservoir dog style. Baby Groot sees the Ravager that was threatening him, and he's like, what? he screams and just runs after him <laughs> and attacks him. And it, so yes, baby Groot. See who liked down. what you saw. I it love what like, I yeah. saw. It was great and uh, just funny that. Ego, the living planet, exists in the MCU, and he's played by Kurt Russell. Um, now, and also Sylvester Stallone is in the Stills, movie. Stallone is in the movie, they, which people think he's probably Nova Corps. That's the theory uh, that I've seen. Well, he's there. yeah, he's probably the Nova, uh, the main Nova guy from like the comics. Um, but we'll we'll find out. I mean, there was also rumors that he could have been when he in the original Guardians, Charlie X, uh, but he he looked like he was wearing a Nova outfit. And oh, he could punches you see out him in the footage? Just from here on up. Oh, like, so wow. you could see that there was some sort of piping or something. So it kind of looked like a Nova outfit. Um, and then Spider-Man Homecoming. Boy, they showed us a lot more of that movie than I was expecting. That movie's only been filming for about a month and a yeah. half. But they showed us an entire sequence, like a day in the school life of Peter Parker. And it was great. It, it was set to uh, um, uh, the theme song from Freaks and Geeks, uh, uh, Bad Reputation. Mm-hmm. And um, and you get a you get a real sense of what it is to be fifteen year old Peter Parker in school, and he's making like web fluid in his in his desk drawer during uh, during science class. He's got a crush on the Zendaya character Michelle, Michelle. Um, and uh, meanwhile, her and her friends during gym class are playing F Mary Kill of Marvel heroes, and she likes Spider Man, and he's like doing crunches, and he stops. He's like, what? You know? <laughs> And then, um, yeah, so that looked great. It looked very fun. It looked like a very different kind of movie. And I thought Scott Kaller and his write-up for it really nailed it with the headline. He's like, Spider-Man Homecoming sees the MCU enter puberty. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because I've seen commenters say, you know, nothing they've seen so far about the movie or heard about it has convinced them. How did you feel? Oh, Vulture's the villain, by the way. You see a very snippet at the very end. And we see concept art of Michael yeah. Keaton, too. But but yeah, people are like, I don't know, like high well, school era yeah. Peter Parker Spider-Man movie. Um, how did you feel? I mean, I've seen it compared to like Freaks and Geeks and John Hughes and yeah. and all that stuff. All of it, yeah, very Does it much feel like it. it fits within the MCU? Does it feel like the right move, I guess, forward for Spider-Man? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it, 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 it look, it, it's very charming. It's fun. I think it captured the essence of like, Spider-Man isn't just about a guy in a suit running around. It's about a kid who is a working class kid who lives with his aunt, constantly worried about paying the bills. He's a regular person, you know, and that movie, uh, the, the footage they showed captured that sort of ordinary, awkward quality that Peter Parker should have. And yeah, I can't, I can't I'm wait very to see excited And you talked to Tom uh, I did, Holland. I talked to him. So and tell I us a little Zendaya. bit about some of the interviews and then we're gonna talk about Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so I had a chance to talk to John Watts, Tom Hall, who's the director, um, Tom Holland and Zendaya. And it's funny, I, I asked Zendaya you know, about Michelle. We obviously don't know too much about her, but we know that Peter sort of has this like high school posse. Uh, and I was like, what? what does Michelle think of Spider-Man? She was like, you know, she's just like this awkward girl. She's, you know, she's a bit of a nerd or whatever. And she probably is like, whatever, dude. Like, so it's sort of funny that yeah. that she was talking about, um, you know, liking him best of all of them because she said, yeah, you know, that's that's not what her focus is right now, basically. Yeah, yeah. She's more focused on the here and now. Um, Tom Holland and I talked a bit, like he's just bouncing with excitement. He It was right after the panel. I said, we just sort of talked a little bit about like, he finally brought Spider-Man out at Comic-Con. Yep. It was so exciting for him. Uh, but also wh how this is sort of making um, this, Peter Parker's movie uh, and and so he's just really excited and he was talking about how it's been really important for him and for John Watts uh, to to really focus on him as you were saying like yeah. as a high school student and and as a kid going through these things uh, with John Watts what we talked about was you know there's obviously been the focus on Vulture and everything else like that but we also know Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie yeah. so we talked a bit about bringing Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark into the world of Spider-Man instead of Spider-Man going into their world right. And and that sounds like it's going to be really interesting. It sounds like he is going to have an integral role as his mentor. But again, like... Do you think he's going to date Aunt May? God, I hope he doesn't. No, Pepper Potts! Pepper Potts! They broke up. They did break yeah, up. Yeah, I want them back together. Um, I, I hope not. I don't know. I feel like that rebound. would freak up Peter. Um, but but I think hilarious. I think it is going to be funny. Like you're seeing, you're you're bringing your your average age range down a few decades yeah. in Spider Man, and having this be a high school movie. To, so to see Tony Stark there, and to see him like dealing with high school problems. That's sort of what John Watts said. Is he's like Tony isn't quite ready for like the high school drama. And I was yeah. like, yeah, but see, he sort of has that high school maturity level anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right? So I think that's going to be really fun and something that we didn't necessarily talk about after seeing that footage coming out of Comic-Con, right. but it's going to be like a really neat element of the Well, film. you also, you talked to some of the folks from Guardians. Why don't you tell the folks what... Uh, I did, yeah. You talked to James Gunn, I right? talked to James Gunn. I Pratt. talked to uh, Chris Pratt. I talked to Palm, who's playing Mantis, yep. and Elizabeth Debicki, who's playing Aisha, the the villain. Um, and it's, it's a lot to go through with that. Uh, Elizabeth, we talked about Aisha and you know she sort of teased like what her look will be because the sovereign were all like these gold like very yeah, I austere say, creatures. I don't think I saw her in the footage. I, I can't remember. Maybe they showed her real quick, but yeah, the the yeah the sovereign people or something. She's the leader of them. So, yeah, yeah, and she she played very mom on that, but she did talk about why Aisha she is as right. She's tall as she looks. Oh, she's she so looks tall, like she's and I'm I'm like very Brienne short. Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. Tall, like, 
Um, Palm talked a little bit about like acting with antennas. She's she's a little. Uh, I feel like she's still a little not media trained and nervous yeah. and doesn't know what she's supposed to say. Um, but she did tease a little bit there. I did talk to Dave Batista as well. Oh yeah. Um, he said that this is a hard movie for Drax. He's still uh, especially with a character like Ego with Kurt Russell. Like there's a lot of metaphor being oh, thrown my around. God. And can, it, can I tell you one of the joke lines from the sure. footage? Okay. So we know Ego, the living planet, can take any form. And at one point, so it's Drax, Gamora, uh, and um, Quill with Ego, and uh, I think Rocket is there too. And uh, and he asks Drax, asks Ego, he's like, so if you were his father, uh, how did you father him if you're an energy being? Well, I took human, you know, I took form. Does that mean you have a penis? <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you doing, Drax? He's like, well, how could he have a baby if he doesn't have a penis? And Ego just turns and goes, yes, Drax, I have a penis. <laughs> so yeah. so we know that. That has been well, Drax a- taking it to the awkward place. Yeah, so so Drax sort of has a difficult time fitting in. But Dave Batista said he's had a far easier time because they actually have a new system of putting on his tattoos. Oh, nice. And everything, it's like, it's like a very quick, like two hours or whatever. But then to take it off at the end of the day, he gets to just walk into a sauna and they have a portable sauna that he walks into and it all just comes off. So wow. Drax has a harder time but Dave Batista has a far oh, easier that's time. Good. That's good for him. Um, yeah. I only had one question with Chris Pratt. So of course instead of asking about Star-Lord I was like what you have you have um, Stallone in this movie now and Kurt Russell like what do they bring to that to the movie and he's like well obviously you know you have these two actors but he talked a little bit about what we can expect from having those actors in this movie Um, and James Gunn just talked sort of about how this film is going to be very much a a father a story of Star-Lord torn between two fathers Ego and Yondu so Yondu is going to have a much bigger role in this movie and Rooker came out on stage in full Yondu makeup so that was awesome yeah and then they had some of the Ravagers came out, including Taserface as one of them. Um, and then, uh, you know, so we had also Thor Ragnarok did a very funny behind-the-scenes video of, it was just a joke video. It was kind of like in the style of, like, The Office, one of those kind of oh, camera Oh, well, things. because... Uh, Taika Waititi. Yeah, Taika Waititi, uh, which you pronounce so well. Uh, Taika Waititi that's... was there, so was Adewale Akini Agbaje for <laughs> Suicide Squad. You can just keep rolling them out. But yeah, but, but Taika... Batara was not there, though. Taika yeah. with, like, what we do in the shadows and stuff. That's sort of his yeah. style is this mockumentary and it was style. Like, it was brought to you by the New Zealand uh, New Zealand Tourism Board. Yeah, which, honestly, <laughs> so they probably hilarious. did actually <laughs> yeah. put some money into that. But I love when I heard that, that he did this sort of behind-the-scenes mockumentary thing. I was like, oh, that's so perfect. And actually, it would be really funny if they yeah, did they should put that on the Blu-ray. That. They should do it on the Blu-ray. But they did show a quick, uh, like, little... Sizzle reel, some behind the footage stuff, behind the scenes footage, um, some stuff that was uh, uh, concept art. So we found out that two classic Thor villains are in this movie. Surtur, who's this giant fire demon who kind of helps bring about Ragnarok, hence Thor Ragnarok. And then uh, the Fenris wolf, uh, another one in in mythology and I believe in the Marvel comics too. Um, The Fenris wolf, when it it comes time for Ragnarok devours Odin. So, well, Odin's ooh. already dead, so I guess that we means... We don't know if he's dead. He could well, just be locked up in that little prison. True. We know Maybe it Loki was, Loki was under, you know, uh, assuming uh, the guise of Odin the last time we saw him. But um, we did get to see the Hulk in his gladiator armor, and then they had that out in the, the showroom floor. Uh, and then Thor gets Hulk? a haircut. What? Yeah, he's got... It's not shaved, but it's, it's like close-cropped kind of... What? Yeah, and he's got what? some... 
war paint. So Thor, I mean, think about it. It must be like a, right. a, a Samson thing of like, okay, you, you are, uh, we're going to rob you of your pride by taking your... Oh my Your God! Thoriel I don't know if I'm ready locks. for that. Yeah, I like the Thoriel locks. I know. Well, look, the increasingly it. better hairdo slash wigs that Chris Hemsworth has had to wear. Exactly. And then um, what else did we get? Oh, so Black Panther. We had official casting news, mm -hmm. which was it was awesome. We 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 had gotten a heads up that they were coming there because we had Chadwick Boseman on our live stream, uh, and Joshua got to talk to him, and he kind of spoke about. Um, the uniqueness of, of Black Panther's powers and kind of like how it involves his ancestors. So it sounds like we might get some of that in the movie. But um, the big news was that uh, Lupita Nyong'o has been cast as a villain, which I love, as uh, Nakia. She's also known as Malice in the comics. And then uh, Denai Guerrera. Yes, from The Walking yeah, Dead. Michonne from The Walking Dead. Is, uh, Okoye. I'm so excited about that. That's such good casting. It's, it's, it's great. Well, the thing is, uh, Denai and Lupita work together on a Broadway play, uh, Eclipse, that Denai's a playwright, and, um, and uh, Lupita starred in the play. It was a big show on Broadway a few months ago. And, but their characters are members of the Dora Milaje, which is mm -hmm. you know, the all-female bodyguard of, of the King of Wakanda. Which we got a sneak peek of in yeah. Civil War. And, yeah, them. and that that, yeah. that uh, woman who kind of like stares down Black Widow at one I'm point. I'm so was excited. Like, so I had a chance, uh, we talked to Chadwick early in the day on the press line. I talked to Ryan Coogler, who's the director, and to uh, Michael B. Jordan, who's playing the villain. Uh -huh. um, and Killmonger, Killmonger, we uh, confirmed that. So. And we just talked a little bit. I mean, it's easy to talk about representation in Marvel movies, especially as we're getting to these phases. And same with like Luke Cage, too. But yeah. but just seeing... That trailer there, was rad. Yes, but, but, you know, there was this photo going around showing Chadwick, Michael B. Jordan, Denai, and Lupita, and just like the the effect that this is going to have on like yeah. a whole new generation of people, like these right. are your superheroes and villains, whatever. So I talked with Michael B. Jordan a bit about that and just how excited he is. Obviously, he, he they can't give away much in the, the way of spoilers. Lupita kind of did. No, <laughs> did she? With Entertainment Weekly, she she said a little too much, but we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, so he was just talking about how excited he is and, and that cast, I think they're just going to have so much it's fun. It's, I, I've been saying rad so much lately. What the hell? Am I I'm, stuck I'm in the infecting 80s? you, yes. yes. Um, but yeah, and, and Ryan Coogler, similar thing, like what he's talking about, you know, taking this character of Black Panther, who we got to know pretty well yeah. in in Civil War, and moving him forward, and that's sort of what we talked about in that interview. I, I'm really, really stoked for that movie. I can't wait to see it. Um, Lupita did say that uh, she did reveal that um, Okoye, uh, Denai's character, and uh, Nakia have a, quote, complicated relationship. So it sounds like, at least in the comics, Nakia's... It's. It, I, I think they'll go there with this movie, but like she was basically like plucked from her village as a child to be like one of the essentially the king's concubines, but like becomes. It, but instead, it's just like oh no no, you're just going to be friends with her, and you're going to be in the Dora Milaje. And so it could be interesting there that she has a very personal reason. Like resentment. And and in the comics, she had a um, uh, you know a strong relationship with. Uh, 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 T'Chaka, the, the the first king, um, I believe I have that right. Uh, and then she revealed that there's two villains, 
and that uh, T'Challa needs to have the help of the CIA. So we knew Martin Freeman was coming back, but our boss Ahmad pointed out, does this mean maybe Agent 13, Sharon Carter, could pop up there I too? Hope so we need to use, you we know? need more use of her than just yeah, uh, than just kissing Captain America after her aunt's funeral. Ugh. But you know, it does make sense Sorry. though, given the way Civil War ended and sort of the close relationship that that uh, Captain America had with. Black Panther, because he left Bucky there, um, that Sharon Carter would come and yeah. help and assist. I mean, we're in some assuming way. that you know, uh, could Cap still be in Wakanda? Could he pop up? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, you know, the second villain we're assuming is going to be Claw, Ulysses Claw, who Andy Serkis played in um, Avengers: Age of Ultron, because he's a a longtime Black Panther villain. So, it, and it would be, be in keeping fun. with the comics where Killmonger, who essentially is out for revenge because his family had been exiled by T'Chaka, uh, is now going to get his revenge on Wakanda, and he teams up with this mercenary kind of arms dealer, Claw, who wants something else. Oh, you know. do we have to wait? I oh, know. It starts filming in January. It starts filming in January. All right. Uh, so, okay, we went over Spider-Man. Oh, little uh, little stuff on on DC. Kiersey Cle Clemens from Dope. And the Expanse has been cast as Iris West. That yes. is according to the Variety uh, that she signed up for that. And then we at, talked before about how we're very excited about that. But I'm and very they had about actually that. they had all the DC movie directors at Comic Con. They all came out on stage, and James Wan was there for Aquaman. And he did point out, you know, he's master of horror, mm -hmm. but that his movie, while it will be a fun movie, he is going to show the the terror that can be in the depths of the sea. So should be some scary moments in there. Uh, let's talk about some other stuff now. There's uh, more. Kevin, There's more to Kevin Hollywood Feige than Marvel told Collider. And DC? We didn't get a chance to get Feige on that red carpet, but he told Collider that if they do Spider-Man: Homecoming sequels, it could be like Harry Potter, where each one is a different year in school. Uh, which I think those kids might be a little too long in the tooth to pull that off right. too much. But it got, it did get me thinking about you know Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts was there now. I'm, you know, look, I didn't read the old, you know, the Harry Potter books. I, I watched all the movies. I did that too. I liked the movies. Um, but I gotta say the Fantastic Beasts footage hasn't, nothing has grabbed me yet with that. And, and I, I have not a feeling. Not any of the, not any of the beasts have not well, physically grabbed really you? I haven't really seen too much of them. You know, I saw some in the trailer. But here's the thing, like, I, I wonder, and correct me if I'm wrong, and she probably will, uh, Harry Potter was, as, as much as it was about the wizarding world, and that was charming, it was really about children, coming of age, friendships, um, you know, a, 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 an orphan trying to find his place in the world and his destiny and all that. Fantastic Beasts is all about adults. And maybe that is why, to me, it's, it so far seems less charming. There's something, you know, there was a heart to the Harry Potter stuff that wasn't just about casting spells and as fun as all the stuff at Hogwarts war was you cared about Harry Ron Hermione you know you got to know the other kids you cared about well you them. don't know and any of these characters we, yet we don't know any but none of them are really grabbing me so far so what, what, what do you think so far of what you've seen and you did talk to she finally met Colin Farrell 
It's true, and and the rest of the cast. Yeah, um, Colin Carl. Yes, and uh, you know, I was I have my Deathly Hallows tattoo, uh, first tattoo I got. Um, I love Harry Potter. I read it. I think actually I started reading it when Chamber of Secrets came out, but that was still a pretty early adopter. Um, watched all the movies, and I think the the big difference for me looking at Fantastic Beasts, which yes, there J.K. Rowling did write like uh, a non-fiction fiction book that was like an encyclopedia of beasts that was basically supposed to be the book that Newt Scamander wrote. It that, was a bestiary. Yes, yes, yeah. that, that the kids in Hogwarts needed to read. It was one of their books. Um, she released that and uh, History of Quidditch. I don't think that's what it's called, but it, it was a history of Quidditch and she released them in like the aughts. Uh, anyway, so, so Harry Potter, um, especially early on in the books, they're very structured stories. Each yeah. year is a year for Harry and Hogwarts. You find out at the beginning, Harry's an orphan. His parents were killed by Voldemort. He was left with this scar. Each, especially in the early books, is about, you know, getting to the end. There's one villain. Voldemort is slowly coming back. And then when right. Voldemort comes back, spoilers, uh, that's sort of a, a shift point. But anyway, it's like, it's very straightforward, as you said. I don't think... Fantastic Beasts is as straightforward. And actually, that is something that I talked about. Uh, the cast, it was uh, Catherine, Allison, uh, Dan Fogler, and Colin Farrell. Uh, the the first three being the main heroes along with Newt. And then we're a little uncertain about where uh, Colin Farrell's or character Percival Graves falls in the grand scheme of things. Um, but, but yeah, I think that Fantastic Beats is not that structured and also doesn't have a main villain, at least as far as we know, in this movie. Uh, and that's something I talked about with the cast where they were saying the bigger issues at play here are um, like prejudice and fear and and segregation. Like the this is the 1920s in New York, and uh, American society doesn't know about magicians. And there's there's the Salem witch trials have a, a big shadow cast over yeah. over American wizardry. And so there's a lot of fear there, and a lot of when Newt comes in and his beast gets set loose on New York, suddenly all these people who don't know about magicians know that something as strange is happening. These magicians that have a lot of fear of nomads, which are what muggles are called in this world, uh, are, are very concerned about their safety. And so you have these two conflicting ideologies uh, and two very different societies clashing, which to me feels very relevant to yes. today's world. But it's something that's it hard to sell in a trailer. Like, well, it also... It's a lot more adult it, than what Harry yeah, Potter Yeah, I mean, was. is it going to... Are children going to be into this? Or is this really for people like you who are kids when those books came out and now all growed up and you I think know. I think that's part of it honestly because again as someone who I was Harry's age when the first Harry Potter book came out and I was graduating high school when the last one came out uh, and I went on that journey with him but if you read which you said you have not read the books but if you read Sorcerer's Stone and then you jump to Deathly Hollows one is an elementary school kids book and one is adult fiction like yeah. those mature with the audience and I think J.K. Rowling is a writer and she wrote these screenplays sorry I have a lot of thoughts about Harry Potter oh, um, uh, she matured a lot as a writer in the process and if you follow her on Twitter you see she's very cognizant of social issues yeah. and she isn't afraid to have her voice be a part of it I think Fantastic Beasts in the movies still will capture children because they're all these like creatures and yeah. it's magic and stuff like that but I also do think it's going to be more adult. These characters are in their 20s. It's not like they're, you yeah. know, 
11 going to Hogwarts for the first time. But I still think that same sort of magic and whimsy and you see house elves and, and everything else uh, in the trailer, like that same sort of magic is still here. So maybe don't bring your six-year-old, but bring your 11-year-old. And I think there will be, well, again, I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen the trailers, right. but I think there still will be that Harry Potter magic there. Well, I actually want to hear from you folks. Uh, what have you thought so far of the Fantastic Beast footage that's been out there? Uh, you know, do you think it can kind of recapture, give the pun, but the magic of Harry Potter films? Let us know in the comments. Uh, let's move on from Fantastic Beasts to Kong Skull Island. Holy crap, I love that trailer. Oh my god, I thought it was so silly. What? <laughs> what don't you like about it? I just thought it was so silly. I've never been a big Kong fan or anything like that. I was you just... like Godzilla? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, but I, there's just this. I will not be the one to review this. I'll just say that because I was watching that and I don't know, it just felt so silly to me. And Why? this is from a person who was just gushing about Harry Potter. I know, and, right? And DC superheroes. I guess it's just not. I haven't watched so many Kong movies. I've watched like the seminal ones, the yeah. big ones, big ones. Uh, but just the idea of like King Kong being in the same world as. Godzilla, I didn't really buy, and him oh, being oh, that can... same sort of threat. Him being like Godzilla, I fully buy, and I, I loved that Godzilla movie, the the recent one. I thought yeah. it was really fun. I I understood the complaints, but again, like have do not have the legacy. You, you of Godzilla don't believe a hundred foot gorilla? No, that's really. Also, I thought Kong is more of an empathetic character. Like, like he's he could be, but the he has people in, invading his world. I we know. don't know where it's going to go. I know. I just like. Obviously, the expanded universe thing it's is going to take It's got Tom Hiddleston up. in it. Yeah. I don't know. I just oh. It just did not do it for me. And then I have not had a chance to tell you before that it just didn't do it for me like it did for you. Because you were like, this is one of my top five things. And I was like, nah, <laughs> I don't know. Why did you like it so much? I know. I'm I sure just many I, I love the tone of it. I like the... I just... I've always liked King Kong stuff. Um, uh, except I wasn't nuts about the Peter Jackson one. I thought... It was way too long and bloated. Um, like many of his recent films. <laughs> yes, yes, pretty much. Uh, but no, I just thought it looked. I like the. I just like the the tone of it. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to see more. But here we have it: Kong Skull Island dividing, dividing IGN keeping already. It real. Oh, we're I gotta keep it real for you on you it. Do, I you do. I need to be honest. Um, now we didn't see footage from Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, but I heard it sounds really good. I yeah. There I was heard a screw up. Really we were supposed to go see footage. And they put us on the wrong list. Oh, so, no. damn it. And then the Power Rangers cast was there. Joshua did a thing with Power Coins with them. Yeah, they looked awesome. The site. And then Sausage Party was doing screenings there. and we Such had Such good buzz. Sorry, I know. I just, it's like one nice thing after another after my... It's so uh, Well, uh, Seth Rogen swung by our live stream. And then we're going to see the movie pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. Okay, and then uh, Don't Breathe was there. I talked to director Fede Alvarez. Can't wait to see that one. I'm seeing that Friday night, I think. And then King Arthur... Legend of the Sword. What did you think of this trailer? Meh. Yeah. I just like, he seems too old to be King Arthur. You know, Guy Ritchie makes everything street level. You know, it was a new take on the character, but... None of it worked for me. I just, just didn't see blah. the cohesion there. Um, I thought his street level thing just like wasn't right it needed to be King a 16-year-old, you know. I mean, it's one thing, like, you know, if he's... But he's the like a 30-year-old man. costumes were, like, man. modern, but not... And yeah. I don't know. It just... The, that trailer 
that was a movie it's that like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke and Excalibur. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what I'm gonna call it. I don't know. I, it, that movie I was excited about until I saw that trailer, and then I was like, Oh yeah, Guy Ritchie is directing it's been, this. It's I don't been, know. I feel it's been pushed. Uh, it's been in production a while. for so yeah, long. So I don't know. I'm not really nuts about but it. But maybe we're completely wrong, and it all works together. But yeah, I, if that trailer worked for you, I would like to hear from you and hear what you liked about it. Um, Here's a, oh, speaking of Charlie Hunnam, he's not going to be back for Pacific Rim Did 2. Did you think he was going to be? Because I didn't think he I was did, going I, to be. I didn't think we were going to get a Pacific Rim 2, but we are. We have John Boyega. Um, and then a big surprise out of Comic-Con, The Woods, and <laughs> it turns out it's actually Blair Witch. It's a sequel, a direct sequel to the first Blair Witch. Pretty cool. I can't wait. <laughs> what is it with cool. secret sequels this year between uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Or like the horror-ish? I like that, though. I think it's, it's fun. It's beginning to tick me off, Is people. it? Oh, no. I Because at Comic-Con, like, the night of that screening, was that Thursday night? Something like It was it the was night the, of our it party. It was the night of IGN's party at Comic-Con. So and we all didn't of a sudden, go to the screening we, until yeah, we left that. Yeah. And people were hitting me up about it. They were like, you really should see the woods. Come to our screening. And I was like, I can't. Like, whatever. Um, and then people were coming to our party, and they were like, did you hear? it's Blair Witch and people were so excited and I think that's the right sort of buzz I mean how long people will get a, be able to get away with secret sequels I don't know but as you're trying to get the conversation talking about your movie and you're trying to do it's a fun surprise to be like oh oh I yeah. care about this and I didn't know well now I'm excited yeah. yeah I mean think about it even from our coverage standpoint you know Oh, it's a horror movie called The Woods. Yeah, you know, they put out a trailer for it before that had no hint of anything Blair Witch. And we're like, some people are like, oh, it seems like Blair Witch. But, uh, you know, it looked cool. But, you know, let's face it. It was just a horror movie called The Woods. And now it's Blair Witch. And now right. everyone's attention just jumped up that much more. I think it's fun. I don't know how many more we'll get. I don't yeah. know if we'll have enough to say top five secret sequels. We'll probably you, max out at five. But You know what listen. sequel is a... Uh, uh, <laughs> really was a big surprise piece of news the first day of coming. In Comic the wrong way? Divergent finale. Uh, what is it? Ascendant or something? Yeah. Ascendant. Allegiant. Allegiant, Part yes. Part two. Part two is now going to be a TV movie and a possible launch for a TV series. Oh, it how that might have Probably fallen. recast everything. I mean, holy crap. I don't think this something like this has ever quite happened before. Can this before. be like the official like death toll for the YA, YA? dystopian franchise? Even like know. you see how... Mocking Jay petered yeah. out by the end. But it'd be like if suddenly you start off with Hunger Games, and then by the time you get to Mocking Jay too, it's now on Crackle. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like what? Sorry, what happened? Crackle. Yeah, but no, it's just sort of like I, I don't think I've ever heard of anything quite. And it's like unclear that. if and even Shailene, Shailene Woodley was like, I was on a flight and I found this out by reading the news. I'm like, what? You yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean that those movies were just not performing, and I guess it makes either. sense in like yeah. the way that the the final book and final movie, assumedly, will end could launch a new TV series. But yeah, okay. now, even like even Shadow Hunters on ABC, which I only watched oh, the yeah, pilot it's the Mortal of, Instruments it's the Mortal now. Instruments, but. God. The first episode was terrible, and yeah. I think I think it's built an audience, and, and it can fit in there. But I I definitely think we are past the point of the YA dystopia yeah. explosion, I think and I think that's okay. Yeah. As someone who really enjoyed it at the time, is happy for <laughs> it to go away. You know what else that uh, Terry here really enjoys is Pokemon, <laughs> and we found out official news that Legendary has indeed struck a deal to do a live action Pokemon movie called Detective Pikachu. 
Now, Detective, what the hell, Terry? Detective Pikachu is a thing. It's a thing that's existed for a while, but all I can think of is how IGN Snapchat did a series with Brian Altano and Naomi Kyle that's Detective Pikachu, and that's all I can picture. <laughs> but, what, but what we, we need... We inspired the movie as my No, no, no. It existed before that. It inspired us. Um, everyone just wants Danny DeVito for Detective Pikachu, how which is like work? How do you do this? I mean, is it just like is it just like the we were old off. Pink we were Panther off. movies where you know you would only see the Pink Panther in the, like the actual credits? I mean, and the idea of Detective idea Pikachu of... is fun, and we were off before when we were assuming because of the Pokemon Go buzz, it would be a Pokemon Go movie. It yeah. was just re bringing back into the forefront the idea of making a live action Pokemon. Detective Pikachu sounds fun, especially if you imagine someone like Danny DeVito in there. You can have a fun vibe. So but... him as Pikachu. I think it would either be him as Pikachu. Yeah, I think like How him as the voice it? or something. Just like crotchety Pikachu. I can't even One day, imagine. When that movie comes out, we'll be there day one and you will just, find I out for yourself. I can't imagine how this thing's going to work. All right, well. People uh, care a little bit about their Pokemon. I, I guess they do, yeah. It's, it's, apparently it's kind of a big deal around it's kind here. Of a big deal. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, Mystic. Some, new, some new news that came out. And I'm sure that all the folks that handled, I know, i got to read. I'm sure all the people who handled Ghostbusters reboot so well are going to be on their best behavior here. But they're doing a sequel reboot to The Rocketeer. Uh Hollywood Reporter broke the news right before we came in here. Uh, And it's going to, the protagonist will be a black female. And it's going to be set six years after the original, so it'll be during the Cold War. Let me just read to you what... A Hollywood reporter had to say uh, on this. So, uh, the project is in the early development stages, is considered a sequel hyphen reboot, and in a modern day twist, will be headlined by a black female character. Um, da, 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 da. This one is going to be. Uh, um, shoot. <laughs> I lost my place. But, okay, they have been thinking about um, rebooting this for a while. Uh, The new take keeps the story in a period setting and offers a fresh view on the characters. Set six years after the original Rocketeer and after uh, Secord, uh, that was the Billy Campbell character, has vanished while fighting the Nazis. An unlikely new hero emerges, a young African-American female pilot. Takes up the mantle of <clears throat> who takes up the mantle of Rocketeer in an attempt to stop an ambitious and corrupt rocket scientist from stealing jetpack technology and what could prove to be a turning point in the Cold War. What do you think about that? No, I was gonna put it back to you actually. What do you think about that first? What do you, you, what do you think about that? <laughs> no, what do I you read? think about it? Or neither of us are willing to. to I think it's fine. I mean, uh, I think it, it's you know the the original Rocketeer was. A disappointment uh, commercially that that grew over time. It became a cult following, and a lot of people love that movie. But I just feel like is, that IP doesn't warrant any sort of follow up. Can't we tell an original story? Yeah, that? I sort of feel the same way. And and you know, as as much as I'm a proponent of diversity, at a certain point, you hear a certain code words that seem like they're just an excuse to get headlines and get people yeah. talking about it. And this one, like, meeting the Rocketeer and you're like, hey, I'm I am all for bringing in, like, yeah. uh, a young female person of color as your lead. But, like, 
how does that further this story? And why, as you're saying, why is it important to return to this story six yeah. years after? I mean, anyway. I just feel like the Rocketeer itself is such a, a I think it just a, has a like name value. That, yeah, but how much, does it have as much name value as Tron? Like, I, I just feel and like even even Tron Legacy wasn't yeah, I mean, that much There's a reason anything. why we're not getting Tron 3. Yeah. Um, so I just feel like it's, it's sort of like developing a sequel for the sake of developing it. Um, I and would, trying and trying to hit all the notes you need to do yeah. to get something that's not going to just be lambasted or yeah. just fizzle well, away. I mean, it could be it could be it could be a lot of fun. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I just I just think it's you could very do early that same stages. thing and just call it something else. Yeah, you know? I think it's in very early stages, and I have a feeling that that will be a, a movie that continues to be in development for a while until they find like an actual great hook for why they want yeah. to keep doing it, which that the details that you read did not sell to me. Hey, yeah. we're super passionate about the story behind it. They're just like, what can we do to get the right hook to get people to get this make? Okay, make. Uh, real quick, you talked to uh, Alicia Vikander this mm -hmm. week. Uh, Vikander, Vikander? I think Vikander. Vikander. Um, she told you a little bit about the Tomb Raider reboot. What, what she she did. She did. She said, you know, a little bit of what we already knew, which is it's going to be based on the original series or the the rebooted series of games. Uh -huh. um, she didn't. I asked her specifically, like, how close is it going to be to those games? What are the things you're going to take? She said she couldn't talk about that now. It is going to be an origin story, sort of like those games were, which gave us a new take on Lara Croft. And uh, she said it's going to be new and fresh, which is at this point about as much as you can give away for that sort of stuff. I am curious, you know, how much this is going to dig into sort of the mystical side of the Tomb Raider franchise. Like, obviously, the uh, Angelina Jolie uh, movies went, went way there. I don't know if they're going to dial it back at yeah. all here. Um, but the new Crystal Dynamics and, and uh, Square Enix games, like, they have been some of the best-selling Tomb Raider games ever. And Alicia is expressed and convinced me that she was like a big fan of the original like Tomb Raider 2 and she was like talking about running around in that house and, and everything like yeah. that that you that you did to, to prove that she actually had played the game at least a couple times um, and she also said she was a big fan of the Lara, the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movies but but they are going to be doing something different which they have to yeah, I'm very to. excited about her as Tomb Raider I think it's going to be fun I will say I was not a fan of Jason, Jason Bourne, Bourne. Yeah, yeah, which is opening this weekend, tracking to be number one with 51 million, and Star Trek Beyond in second think. place. Uh, Star Trek Beyond uh, debuted last week to just under 60 million. Um, that's the lowest bow in that rebooted franchise, so it'll have to, and it was an expensive movie, I think it was like 180 million, so it has to make up ground overseas. They've already announced that they're going to do a fourth one, though. And it's going to have Chris Hemsworth back. Chris Hemsworth back again, as George Kirk. Again, you need that Kirk. hook. You need that hook that to get people. That box office drawing power that is the star of In the Heart of the Sea and Black Hat <laughs> and Vacation. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I really, um, I loved Star Trek Beyond. I, I still haven't, haven't seen, seen it yet because of Comic-Con. Really, I really loved it. I, I, I thought it was the, it really, I agree with Scott's review that it, it really is the, uh, the, the best gift to the fans on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, a franchise that I love. Um, and they're already also making a sequel to Lights Out, which opened up uh, last weekend and made $21.6 million. So, yeah, I haven't seen Jason Bourne. Um, I don't know. I, I've not Chris heard Tilly anything enjoyed really it more than ish, I did. Yeah. I think it probably was more like a 5.5 to me, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, than a 7, yeah. Yeah, um, I, you know, the Bourne franchise is one that's really clicked with a lot of people. To me, 
it, it was always fun at the time, but never left a lasting impression. And this one, like... She doesn't like King Kong. She doesn't like I Jason know, Bourne. I know, I'm no fun. Uh, no, it was funny. I was talking to people after the screening, because we now can talk about this, obviously. I was talking to people after the screening, and I just found, like, there were these incredible action set pieces that were so boring. Wow. And I was talking to people, like, it was, and it's, like, it's hard, because, like, People chasing and I running love that and jumping original and trilogy, stuff. you know. And but I was talking to someone afterwards who like really did love the Jason Bourne movies, and she was like, "When I realized that I was going through my Comic Con to do checklist mentally during the third act, fight the chasing that in this sucks. movie, that's when you realize it's lost you." And it just like didn't really have like a soul. It was like very cold. Yeah. yeah. And and they were doing they were dealing with issues like privacy and things like that. But just we explore that so much now in every Yeah, but it, it honestly it felt like they were like, we're gonna do like the hip new thing, whereas Born very much was at the 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 front the forefront of those conversations when it came out in the early aughts, but now it just felt like you're you're behind on what you're doing yeah. and Alicia Vikander playing like the expert hacker and stuff. I don't know, it just... It, we need to do a list on uh, the sexiest hackers in movies. Do or we though? Chris Hemsworth and Black Hat. Do we? <laughs> All right. All right. It's just going to be Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lynn Miller, though, at Pretty the right, much. at the top. Uh, Some sort Bad of Moms people. is also opening this weekend and that's uh, uh, Mila Kunis and Kristen, uh, Kristen Bell and Catherine Hahn, I think, yeah. So, and then Nerve, which our reviewer really didn't like. That's the Dave Franco, Emma Roberts thing. From the guys who made the uh, Catfish and the last couple of Paranormal Activity movies. Um, that'll about do it for this week. I, I feel like we covered a lot of ground. We, we, we learned some things about ourselves. Um, you learned some things about me. Sorry, all the King Kong fans and Jim. That who she's are, not fun. Sorry. I'm no fun. Not, no, I'm no, no fun, but I do love like Harry Potter. Colors. And I loved Pete's Dragon. You Pete's can read Dragon. my review yes, about it. An advanced review. That doesn't. The movie itself doesn't come out for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Find us on all of our platforms. Uh, I'm like not gonna, Roku. Like Roku. Jim's <laughs> favorite. Shoot, shoot us your thoughts at keepingitreal at ign.com. Follow us on Twitter at, at Terry underscore Schwartz at Jim Vavida. For all things movies, all kinds of movies, keep it here on IGN. 